Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Bob Cordaro Show podcast. WILK News Radio. Great good morning, everyone. 10.07 a.m. here in the great Northeast. This beautiful February 20th. It's a Tuesday. This is the Bob Cordaro Show. I am he. It is a big day. To fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like Carl Fries of Scranton, John Muha of Old Forge, Sean Cowman of Kingston, and Robert Novak of Plains Township, who we honor today. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides... Let us continue today's battle as we gavel back into order this meeting of the Club for Common Sense, promising you to uh, provide a sanctuary of sanity for you. And what is a completely insane world? The Democrats have turned this world upside down, and they're trying to convince you that the problem is you. No, no, it's not actually happening. Don't believe your lying little eyes. Well, the good thing, once I think of that lunacy and stupidity and the whole bit, is that we get to talk about Road Scholar Transport, our hourly sponsor. You have unique shipping needs. Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. To find out what this family company can do for you and how they'll treat you like your members of their family. And they, they really will. So uh, Somebody texted in, and I want to get to John Perillo. He's got something unique to talk about. We don't talk about Ecuador and those kinds of countries enough. So he's got an issue down there, to, 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 which I believe we've addressed before, but bears repeating an update. Now, uh, somebody texted in. I've just lost my texts. Bulldog, you'll have to come in here. I, I don't know what. Dear Lord. This, this computer is from 1973. I think it's an original Apple. I really do. 
<laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, they texted in, and it reminded me of a story I read over the weekend. And it was about this silly transvestite. Um, I got it taken care of, Bulldog. Go ahead. He, Bulldog came, he came. He doesn't normally rush in like this. The Bulldog rushing into the studio to save me. But anyway, this um, really ridiculous, and God bless uh, his or her soul. I don't even know which it is, but uh, or what pronouns they use. Maybe it was they, maybe whatever. Uh, they, under false pretenses, they, they got a mass schedule. This is a couple of weeks ago at a funeral mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And it was all levels of blasphemy to the Catholic Church, to God, you name it. These idiot trans activists just just blaspheming the church and God and the Catholic faith. And the rector of St. Patrick's Cathedral... Uh, he let it pass, but you know he let them get in on the false pretenses. So he's probably in some hot water. And I, these people have no respect. Just, just know this: these left-wing lunatic activists of all stripes have no respect for anything you hold dear. Not friends, not family, not country, not religion. Be aware of that. When you're telling me I'm, I'm ignoring the border just so I could be a faithful Democrat, when I'm ignoring crime, when I'm ignoring the, the corrupt criminal Joe Biden in the White House, when I'm ignoring his adamant, just to be true to the Democrat Party or something else, or just to continue justifying my hatred for Donald Trump. Please remember the people that are driving the ship that you are on. They're going right into the rocks. On purpose. And they will take you with them if you're stupid enough to support them, because that's what you're doing. If you support the Democrat Party, you are supporting lunatics like this. And it will bite you in the ass. I promise you it will. And then it'll be too late. Then it'll be too late. So, <laughs> after I get lathered up, um, I get to come back down and bring to you, oh, by the way, one more thing. The Biden administration is supporting, or at least saying they're going to, a Gaza ceasefire. I've got to get into that. There is a a last stronghold, or the last major stronghold, of Hamas in Gaza is Rafah. And it's got to be wiped out, and they've got to be wiped out 
and the Biden administration is supporting a ceasefire. And by the way, our horrible newspapers putting on the front page, let's see if it's on all three here. I want to see. And by the way, it's a funny part. There's just some good news. Yeah, the Gaza Health Ministry, Hamas. Hamas says 29,000 die. Yeah, it's on the head, it's on the front page of every every one of these disgusting newspapers. The Times Tribune, the Citizen's Voice, and yesterday's news, the Standard Speaker. This is Hamas. These are the people who killed 1,700 people. These are international criminals. You're quoting them on the front page of your newspaper. You're quoting them as though they tell the truth. The people who ritually tortured, they chopped off women's breasts in front of their children and husbands and did much more. And you're printing on the first page of your newspaper something they say. And now the Biden administration is going to support and says they support a ceasefire in Gaza. You know what I support? Kill them all. That's what I support. Kill every single one of them. Let them go to their 72 virgins. Or whatever the hell they think. I guarantee they're going to get a different reception than they believe. All right. John Perillo's with us. Hey, John. Sorry, I got got in a lather and uh, cut into your time there, but... Time to rinse and repeat. You, oh, you, my uh, word. I, this is, a, this is you, the you, headline of every of the three newspapers. They, you know, our three newspapers that, that I peruse every day, they uh, were owned by a local family. Well, then the local family got out of the day-to-day management, so there was no one to bitch to when they, were, when they went insane. And now they've fired all the local people. And it's out of town ownership, and they made the papers just as bad or worse. Unbelievable. I forget who said the line that the only way Israel will be able to satisfy the international community would be if it were to fail. Yes. And uh, I've always thought that was a good good statement and a true one. you know, and and I appreciate you you you, you continuing to, to push that because I think, like you said about the atrocities, that, that people have forgotten what started this, or they don't want to talk about it, or 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 right. And uh, you, you know, and for your listeners, that you can you go to the Jerusalem Post or just Google some of the try to find some of the videos of the atrocities. They're still out there. Uh, although Google suppresses them, you have to kind of work yeah, to get them. Isn't that unbelievable? You, Why would you suppress yeah, it, but, it? Because it's the truth. Well, and if you see those, you will, um, I guarantee you, you will have no, uh, uh, you will understand Bob's lathering a little bit more uh, clearly. So, um, but but I did want to talk about something. And by the way, John, finishing, finishing yeah. that point. These are videos, not by the Jewish IDF, the Israeli IDF. Right. These are the videos of the terrorists. <laughs> right. They took them themselves. Right. So, so, and I think that's another very important point that the, the that the purpose of the video was to be seen by us. Right. So, I, I do think there is a reason for us to indulge that particular thing that they wanted us to do. 
Because I think, you know, uh, all the way back to the beginnings of Monday Musings when we talked about Hebrew theology, that evil is absolutely real. And, you know, we, we, a lot of times we ignore that. We, we tend to try to make believe that it's not or that, you know, it's whatever, the, whatever these other conditions are that might lead to it. And I think if you were to watch some of those videos and some of those things that Bob described, and, and they're in there, um, that you would probably come to the same conclusion that I have, that evil is a very real thing. And it's, it, there's no... Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than to say it is abject. I mean, it's just, it's wanton. It's, it's, it's stuff that we would have trouble imagining. Yeah. Um, mm. and, and, and then Bob brought up another point, which I thought was very interesting. We talked about, you know, the, the crime and, you know, what do we do about it? And, and I did, and actually that, that kind of do, does lead into the topic for today, which I know is a little bit off topic for what we've just been talking about. But if you bear with me, I think you'll start to see some parallels. And a while back, we talked about Guyana and how there was a border dispute with Venezuela and how it might affect us because of oil production. But today I wanted to talk about Ecuador with a little bit of recent history and what's happening there. You know, and that region has always been a hotbed of unrest, but Ecuador was generally quite peaceful, relatively well run and something of an oasis of stability. But if you're listening to the news, the same the same news that Bob's talking about here there were some drug wars recently and the accusations from the, and I'm going to put this in air quotes as usual, the international community of civil rights abuses. And the, the president who is Nayab Bukhaili has been getting some international heat for some of his actions. And what we've been hearing is how the country is a hotbed of now, a hotbed of prison riots and cocaine and cartels and the world, and particularly the U S is demand for cocaine has really destabilized countries and in that region has caused Ecuador to use the military internal to their country to quell civil unrest. And it's that crackdown that's getting all the news com- uh, coverage in Ecuador. So you may have heard that, right? So as usual, because in Monday Ecuador, music, yes, of- but unless you're following yes. closely, you don't know what's yeah. going on there. And so that's why I was, I was happy you wanted to bring it up. Yeah. So let's, let's so because it's Monday musings, let's, let's have a little bit of background. So right about the time that COVID-19 pandemic was taking off Ecuador uh, in in Ecuador, the criminal violence rate also took off. And that was partly because there are really no good options for workers displaced by the reaction to the pandemic. And remember that as the great Thomas Sowell always reminds us, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. So globally, we shut down official economies and then the unofficial ones flourished. And to give you an idea how bad it got, here's some round numbers. Ecuador's homicide rate in 2019 was about 6.7 per 100,000, meaning the entire country was about as violent as East L.A., so not good. But by 2023, the estimated homicide rate, and I'm going to say estimated because they couldn't count them all, was about 45 per 100,000. Call it a 500 percent increase. And there's some estimates that may have been as high as 100 per 100,000. And those are absolutely crazy numbers. And the principal reason for the increase in violence was because the country had become the epicenter for cocaine trafficking in Latin America. And so in addition to its own production, Ecuador is sandwiched between Colombia and Peru, the world's top producers of cocoa. And there was a recent seizure, I think, down in Ecuador of 22 tons of cocaine. And while that sounds like a great victory for law enforcement, the real issue is that it tells us just instead how large the volumes of cocaine are that are transiting Ecuador if you can capture 22,000 tons of it. Um, there's probably one other major reason that caused Ecuador problems, uh, in, in, and that's about in 2000, Ecuador dollarized their economy to stop their triple-digit inflation. And basically what that means is they changed their official currency to the dollar 
which prevents the usual government shenanigans from inflating their currency unless we do the same thing. But it also had the effect of making it unnecessary for drug traffickers to have to do any money laundering because all the, the conversions were already done in dollars. So that helped make Ecuador kind of the prime shipping mm. location for cocaine. And because of that, heads you Ecuador's win, tails gangs, you lose. Exactly. Exactly. So Ecuador's gangs kind of allied themselves with their powerful cartels in Mexico and Colombia and Venezuela. And they, as they did that, they replicated in Ecuador some of the criminal rivalries that those other countries had. And that meant that the gangs in Ecuador had more money and better weapons than the government did. And the citizens are, of course, naturally terrified of the gang. So in steps the new president, Nabib Bukele, who signals that his commitment to an absolutely iron-fisted approach to crime fighting. And that's what the population wanted. And in recent polls, uh, Bukele's approval rating is something above 80 percent. I mean, it's unheard of how popular this guy is. And at the same time, there's a fear from, again, in quotes, the global community, because, of course, is that Bukele's government enforcement is beginning to look like a permanent state of exception. And his support internal to uh, Ecuador comes from the fact that the homicide rate dropped from that 45 to 100,000. And remember, that's the low end estimate to about 2.4 per 100,000, which is lower than the U.S., by the way. Mm. Right. So this is what that president did. So the press, of course, wants to say that this is a conservative regime abusing human rights. And they aren't entirely wrong. But what they fail to tell you is that, you know, I, I, we got to take a break. John, Pearl, I want to continue the subject. Uh, yeah, it, is it, that is so classic. We we go from forty five to two and a half per hundred thousand murders. And that's a bad thing. We'll take a break a on that thing. note. A little uh, uh, history, a little music after we hear from our great sponsors and then more John Perillo, Monday Musings. I don't know if she is a um, Gordon Lightfoot fan as I am, but February 20th is Kathleen Mayer's birthday, and we want to wish you happy birthday, Kathleen. I don't do this very often, but uh, your husband's so great and contributes so much to the program that we want to congratulate you on your birthday just for putting up with him. (laughs) Gordon Lightfoot. On uh, Kathy's birthday in 1971, had the number one adults chart hit with, if you could read my mind. (laughs) And let's get back to John Perillo. Ecuador. So, all right. So they, let, let me ask a question, John Perillo. How badly were human rights being abused? And this is a truthful question. In order uh, I mean, was it martial law that was imposed? What did they do that was contrary to the human rights of the Ecuadorian people uh, in order to accomplish this, what is no, a no mean feat to reduce the murder rate that much? And of course, great question. And the answer is that they did they did impose some more martial law. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, but the, the issue is that the, what the press fails to tell you is that the current security crisis actually began during the president of the gentleman's name was Rafael Correa, who was a leftist national. He was elected in 2007. And as a way to fight violence, Mr. Correa officially recognized some of the gangs and allowed them to gain legal re- recognition as what he called community groups. And by the way, if any of this sounds familiar, you know, make the connection. <laughs> right? So oh then my God. Correa's yeah. successor, Vice President Lenin Moreno, 
he slashes security funding and ends some of the teams that were critical to, to fighting crime. And if you want to call that defunding, to coin a phrase, you can, right? And then came the economic room of COVID-19 that we talked about, and Ecuador's economy contracts by about 8% in 2020, and that creates a lot of recruits for the drug gangs. And after that disaster, then President Guillermo Lesso takes office in 2021. And by that time, the government is playing whack-a-mole. And his term ends when rather than facing impeachment, he disbands Congress and basically resigns. And then finally, the, the people have had enough. And there's this uh, anti-corruption candidate, a gentleman named Fernando Valenciendo, and he vows to finish off the mafias in his words. He gets assassinated exiting a campaign event. And that's when Nayeb Bekele gets elected. So to be fair, Bekele's in almost an impossible position when he gets there. And, and so that brings us kind of right to today and what was in the news. And on January 8th, one of the, one of the big gang leaders, a guy named Jose Adolfo Macier Villamo, he's the leader of one of the big gangs. He escapes from his jail cell right before he's supposed to be transferred to a maximum security prison. And Bekele declares, you know, answering Bob's question here. Sorry, it always takes me a while to get to it. A state of exception. And that had been done on numerous occasions by his predecessors. But in this particular case, the, the security forces and the military conduct a nationwide hunt for this guy. And in fairness to the press, you know, there has been some concern about some – the state of exception was pretty rough. Lots of people were arrested without any charges. Criminal, the criminal groups wound up declaring war on the government. There's car bombs detonating in the capital city of Quito. Prisoners are rioting. They took scores and scores of guards and prisoners and staff as hostages, executed several of them, all while school chaos. children are fleeing. Absolute you know, chaos. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos, right? So in response to that, Bukele announces what's called an internal armed conflict, meaning that Ecuador was going to treat their criminals the same way they would treat enemy combatants engaged in irregular warfare, meaning that if an enemy combatant comes onto your territory and he's not wearing a uniform, you kill him. Right. So what helped him was the fact that gangs like MS-13 and the 18th Street clique were easy to identify because they had their their membership tattooed on their faces. And rather than wait for a specific crime to be committed, he preemptively arrested them and placed them in jungle and cave prisons in the middle of nowhere. And these these prisons were pretty escape proof because even if you got out of the prison, the jungle was going to get you. So that's where we are today. And to Bob's point, you know, there were a lot of people saying, hey, look, you can't take these people off the street that haven't committed a crime and stick them in the jungle. And 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 Bekele's response was they're wearing their gang membership on their faces. And therefore, I don't have to wait for them to commit a crime. Well, in the United for, States, for me gang membership is a crime. Uh, well, I, <laughs> that's I'm what, leaving that to that's you. That's what RICO is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pointing out that. In this, and this has implications for us in the U.S. in a lot of different ways. Right? All right, but, let, you know, let's get to those. Is, let's get to those momentarily. We've got to take a break. John Perillo, Monday Musings, and uh, we're going to do our, our hear from our great sponsors. We'll do our uh, veterans tribute, the weather, and then more John Perillo to to wrap it up on Ecuador. These are things we need to know about. When when John goes wants to go someplace that's sort of far flung from our daily. Uh, media directives, I want to go there. And that's what Monday Musings is all about. We'll be back. Our veterans today, Carl Fries, Scranton, passed away at age 80 on December 26th. His wife, Betty, predeceased him back in 2020. 
graduate of the great Scranton Technical High School, a member of the United States Army Reserves for 26 years. He worked for Mercy Hospital in Scranton, retiring as a stationary fireman within the maintenance department. I knew Carl. His Catholic faith was above everything for him. He survived by a loving family, including his children. Carl Fries. John Muha, Old Forge. Graduated from the former St. Anne's High School. United States Army, 82nd Airborne Division. Worked as a psychiatric aide at the Clark Summit State Hospital for 25 years prior to retirement. He was a master of all trades. Restoring his own Ford Model A, building his own house, could do anything. Survived by his son, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Survived by his wife, Barbara, whom he would have celebrated their 58th anniversary this May. John Muha. Sean Kalman, Kingston. Loved to be known as a cowboy, Mr. Kalman did. Enlisted in the U.S. Navy, top of his aviation mechanics class. Loved anything technical, including the computers. Love of 38 years, Diane. He met her in Dallas when he was working there. Bail bondsman. He just did it all. Three sons survive him in addition to his wife, Sean Kalman. Robert Novak, Plains Township. He loved Plains. He loved living here. He didn't want to go anyplace else. Husband of Margaret, his high school sweetheart who he was married to for 66 years, but he did leave town for four years with the United States Air Force. Faithful Catholic Bob's whole world was right here. Here was the house he built with his own two hands, his bountiful garden, pristine yard, glider, a table full of family on Sundays. Everything he needed right here at home. His children also survive him. Grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Robert Novak, our soldiers today. Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Joe Snedeker. Today, mostly sunny. It'll be about 42 degrees. Tonight, clear and cold, down to 22. Wednesday, mix of clouds and sun, high of 44. And that's as far as it goes. That's as far as Joe's taking us. All right, let's finish up with uh, John Perillo. John, uh, so tell us, give us where we are now. So I think I think the reason why I, I one I thought it was an interesting story on the relative merits of how you what do you do when you have a major crime problem and you know again we can't overestimate just how bad Ecuador's crime problem was I mean imagine your worst inner city in the United States and this is many many times worse and it's countrywide so you know what what is a leader supposed to do when they're given that situation and it, it reminds me kind of of a story. Uh, in history of the way the British used to treat their colonies. And the way they did, they did this uniformly everywhere was the first thing they'd do was, was to create order. 
They wanted to quell uh, inner, uh, in those days, tribal riots or tribal warfare. Those things were brought under control. And only then and only then did they allow for some you know, democratic processes. And any, if you look at the world today, you know, former British colonies tend to do a lot better than a lot of other places in the world because that was p- part of the way they, they taught um, their culture to other people. And I know that's an unpopular thing to say nowadays, but it's a fact. Um, and, yeah, and, and, so and when it we generally at, improved the people they were overseeing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, Western and you culture can, and you can see is that, the best. Right. Period. Right, and you can see that relative to the French or the Belgians or the other or other colonists, and then, who didn't do that. And what happened to those those places where they were? Right. So, so I think that's kind of number one. Number two, I think as we look at you know our immigration problem. We have to acknowledge that there are some real problems in other places in, in South America. And that, and that doesn't mean that we should have an order, uh, open border, but it does mean that, you know, things like our cocaine addiction in this country are real issues for the world. And that that's something that, you know, for anybody who's contemplating using that crap, sorry, that stuff. Well, Kamala you know, Harris will get to this. She's getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the root Which causes. is one of those things. Okay, that's another discussion. Right. So understand that those things have implications beyond our borders. Right. So we, and we need to think about our when we talk about our our law enforcement and our drug enforcement. That we when we do those things, not only do the, do we do those things to help ourselves, but we should be doing those things because they you know they make the world a little bit of a better place to live. Right. And 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 I just and the only reason why I wanted to bring up Ecuador again is because. You know, law and order has to come first before anything else. Because your citizens can't be living in fear. You know, you can you can talk about democracy and and participation in the government all you want, but if your if your if your citizenry is terrified, it doesn't really matter. It, you know, first you have to have order. There's, it's, think of it like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right? You have to be safe before you can worry about you know whether whether you have a say in government. And that's what the Ecuadorian people. We're telling their government loud and clear, and it took Mr. Bekele to actually understand that and to make that happen. Um, I, I just thought that was an interesting lesson from our hemisphere fear for change. And, uh, we, John Pro, <laughs> let's do this. Let's follow that. And I, I quickly, because we got to take a break, but um, you mentioned you want to talk about China and, and a, a stunning fact in the front of the Wall Street Journal, uh, provided by Jim Savico and Arkman. Uh, is the Chinese the China is the most obese country in the world? I I, I figured it right. had to be America. Yeah, we might want to save that because I have a little more research to do on that. But I mean, for your listeners this week, but pay attention to what's going on in the Chinese market. The Chinese market's down something like thirty percent. Um, the Chinese are collapsing in their um, in their real estate market in part because they again in a command environment. They're, they're, exactly. So there is a lot of things going on in China that show that it's beginning to have some, you know, those cracks are now coming out. And it's one thing to have problems in China that nobody knows about. But when the world starts to hear about them, that puts Z in a very tough position. So I, I'm going to do some more research on that, Bob, and I'll, I'll be ready to, you know, to go on that. But for your listeners, please listen this week to what's going on in China. I think that's going to be a next big story. All right, my friend. John Perillo, Monday Musings here on a Tuesday. Thank you, as always, my friend. And thank you to you and your listeners. You know, I enjoy spending time with you guys. So you take care and have a great week. All right. We'll be back. Great song, the Bee Gees. Kathleen's birthday, February 20th. <laughs> 
It moved into the top 10 charts at number 10. That's a slower version of the song, but I like it. Uh, somebody texted, Bob, for all the people celebrating the New York City verdict, one has to remember Trump was one of polite society, top-rated show on NBC for 15 years, numerous appearances on The View. Remember, remember this, numerous appearances with Oprah, Howard Stern, good friends with the Clintons, etc. Trump did not change, always been the same. He became a threat they are trying to destroy. If we get out of line, they will do it to us also, which is what makes this so scary. What a, what a brilliant observation. I have some not-so-brilliant observations I want to go through when we come back. It's time for Bloomberg Money Minute. We're back. This date, 1978, ABBA had the number one hit in the U.K. Take a chance on me. I think it became number one here not long after. But that's what Murph tells us. So after that interesting discussion of what is going on in Ecuador, our friend Ray from Mountaintop wants to follow up on the Monday musings with about Ecuador. How are you, Ray? Well, now that I've got you on the line, Robert, the sunshine is even brighter. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I did... But at the same time, I committed, I, I don't know whether it's the, the, I violated the 11th commandment or the 12th commandment, which is while listening to Robert, thou shall not listen to anything else. And unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, I had the TV on and I had C-SPAN on, and I saw a gentleman by the name of Robert Woodson. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, yeah. He's outstanding. He is a remarkable human being. He's on my list of African Americans. Whenever they talk, I listen. And you know. And by the I, way, I so had... is Charles Barkley, who proved it again by calling out the uh, ridiculous city uh, of San Francisco. Amen. And I think, but 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 Robert, I think they're calling out something even greater, and it dovetails directly with what President Trump tries to accomplish. Let's talk about common sense, if you will, for a minute. And, and, and here's the reality of the common sense. Uh, in 1944, there were two societies that were absolutely rampant with fanaticism. Germany and Japan. And the wisdom of our leaders at the time, Churchill et al., was that there was no way, there was, you couldn't negotiate a peace. Correct. You couldn't have a suspension of hostilities. You couldn't provide the people with humanitarian relief. They had to be totally, utterly, and completely destroyed. And we did it. And God rest his soul, I can remember my dad telling me he was a waste gunner on a B-17, a, a crew chief, a 21-year-old, 20-year-old kid. You'd fly over a German town at 20 or 25,000 feet. And when you flew over and looked down, it was a beautiful scenic lift. After you made your bomb run, they banked and came back over. It was a flaming wreck. It was nothing but devastation. And what our boys were told at the time was, listen, everyone down there is either a Nazi or they tolerated and permitted the expansion of Nazism. Mm -hmm. Don't feel bad. Yep. This is what we have to do. That is what has to be done with Hamas. That is the answer to what, what goes on in Gaza. And we need to stand back 
support Israel, and if and only if they totally wipe out that area, then within the Palestine community, there'll be enough strength with the handful that survive to tell the radical member, get out of here, Don't, we'll take you to our court because you're the one that sponsored this. You're the one that, exactly what, what happened at Nuremberg, exactly what happened in Japan. And from 1944 to 1947, they went from our most ardent enemies to our most complete, completely supportive allies. Yeah, and by the way, the Japanese didn't blame the Americans for them attacking us at Pearl Harbor. That's right. Well, <laughs> they never, the they never blamed us. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the reality, and the same thing is goes with, I was listening to Woodson today. You know, three beautiful. I mean, you looked at those pictures of those guys. The two, tro- the two uh, police officers and the one uh, emergency uh, EMT guy that got killed in Minnesota over the weekend. I started to look at it on the online, read more about it. And all of a sudden, they knew that the person who did it was dead, but we didn't get a name. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't get a picture. Okay. Well, Robert Woodson was kind of a, would have a good explanation as to why we didn't get a name and why we didn't get a picture. We burned down Minneapolis because the guy who was an absolute criminal, a thug, with a, with a record as long as you're on, who was going to die from an overdose anyhow, we burned down the city over that. But those three beautiful police officers who got killed, got murdered, okay, by a guy with a rap sheet as long as your arm, who had a gun violation in 2007, the answer is you have a, a weapon, commit a felony, you're going to jail for at least 10 more years. And, and if you use that and show that weapon, that's 20 years. And if that law was on the books right now or then, those two, those two beautiful police officers and that emergency technician would be alive today. It, it's, it is exactly like Trump says. It's common sense. It's common and, sense. How could Israel make peace with a, with, a, with a neighbor that is sworn to their destruction? How could you do that? All you have to do is look at the films and I'm, I'm going to address it after the news. But all you have to do is look at the film. Some people criticizing me for saying you've got to kill these people. Um, I'm going to address that because you are Nobody. right on the money. There is They've not given us a choice. And the words of the late, great Golda Meir, we feel terrible. I'm going to paraphrase her. We feel awful that our citizens are killed by you, but we feel even worse that you're making us kill you. You know, Robert, the wonderful citizens of Northeastern Pennsylvania, with the babushkas that lived on Zerby Avenue in Edwards Hill, they lived in Suarezville, they lived on Bernie Evans, Cranton, all of those old timers, they knew what the reality was in World War II. Yep. And, and their sons went to war they didn't get a chance to have a cell phone and call. They were gone for years. Anytime, some, the, anytime the, the Western Union guy went up and down the street, they all broke in tears because they knew. And they did what they had to do, and they brought peace to the We'll never get it going the direction we're going now. Ray, we got to go, but uh, get me information on your dad. I would love to honor him one day. Thank you, Robert. Please. I'll do that. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. 
Time for the news with Brian Hughes. We will return. WYLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.